The Bible talks about the keys of hell and of Hades. Does hell have doors? Let's unlock this question on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, this is Inverse. My name's Justin, and in the studio we have Callie and Siku and Israel. And we'll say hello to you all. Hi. Hi. We are talking about the topic of Beyond Death, and we want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org slash Inverse, and you can look at the previous episodes on uh, about death, what happens to you, uh, well, we're continuing to talk about that. So we're going to look at different parts of the Bible, and those three episodes are very core to understanding the rest of this quarter. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 through 51 through 55, that's our verse for, for this episode, and we're looking at the keys of Hades. Another word for Hades is hell, uh, shield in the Old Testament. And just like we did last week, we had a, a, a word study on spirit, on soul, on ruach, and neshema, and some of the Hebrew and the Greek there. And we're going to do something similar. And before you uh, stay with us, because this becomes a very awesome study, because there are keys. And who has these keys and how does that work? So let's uh, have a prayer and seek you if you can pray for us. And let's get into it. All right. Let's pray. Loving Father, we ask that you would open our minds to understand what Scripture has to say on this topic, a very important topic that touches all of us. So help us to understand so that we can come to love you and know you um, even better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Israel. Sure. I'll read. First Corinthians 15. <laughs> First Corinthians 15, uh, 51. Yep. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on it incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Siku, if you can kind of give us a, a um, uh, wh what have we talked about thus far? Um, from what I recall, <laughs> episode one, we talked about just the lie of mm -hmm. you shall not surely die. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we went to talk about, I know the last episode we were talking about Shay, uh, uh, different words that are used, like the, mm -hmm. the, the Hebrew and the Greek uh, cognates that are used for yeah. breath, spirit, um, and understanding what the meaning of those words are yeah, yeah, in yeah. their context yeah. for being able to interpret them correctly yeah, in the awesome. Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Kelly, you mentioned something in the last episode that I think was appropriate then, and I think also appropriate for this study. There's a lot of people who don't know Hebrew and Greek, and then they're also, they're just like, oh, Hebrew and Greek, and whenever pastors are like, hey, if you look at Hebrew and Greek, they're like, oh, so, this is one of those, it is one of those episodes, but yeah. why is it important and why should we do that? Yeah, it's important because we need to know what words mean when we use them. Mm. And so we can, we can approach something and see these different words like, oh, Hades, I saw that in a movie and I know what that means. Mm. So, mm -hmm. ha. 
it's like, no, you don't. So we can we can just approach things by just getting context from other places other than scripture. Mm. Even something as simple as like a cartoon, mm. or we heard it somewhere, or read some article, but it's like it's in our brain, mm. and so we fill in the gaps with other things that are not scripture. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to go to the Greek and Hebrew because one, it's important to see which words overlap, even if they're translated differently in English. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to get the context of what does this word mean in context, not based on the context of my experience, but based on the context of scripture. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. by understanding what words mean, it actually impacts us in a practical day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So the it's kind of like front-loaded work. It's like, man, why do I have to read these words that I don't care about or that I don't study this language? But by understanding that, it does have a practical and a day-to-day impact. Mm-hmm. We just have to take the time to understand what we're studying. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible, in the, especially in the New Testament, does use the word Hades. Yeah. Does the word, and then, uh, if we're familiar with Hades, it is the Greek god of the underworld. And we think that hell is in the world. And because of cartoons, because of... of, 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 of mega corporation media companies from Florida uh, that, 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 that have a castle as their logo. We think of this like, you know, Hades being the underworld and fire and, and all that, brimstone, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so how can we help us navigate, especially from this passage, uh, how do we navigate through some of these word studies here? So um, uh, before, before going to, I think, verse 55 from what we read is the oh, important one. Yep. Uh, but I just wanted to mention with what Kelly said that yep. um, even without knowing the Greek and the Hebrew, um, we can study scripture and understand, hmm. even without the Greek. Sure, just, sure. just to put out there, because sometimes people feel Good like, point. you know, I, right. I won't be able to. And this is an example, um, because here um, in verse 55, you have, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Hmm. And this is actually a quotation from the Old Testament. Okay. Um, uh, Paul adapts it from Hosea chapter 13. To paraphrase, yeah. Yeah, he paraphrase it. Uh, Hosea 13, 13, verse 14. 13, 14. Hosea 13, 14. Yep. Am I reading it? Yep, go, go for it. Okay, wait. <laughs> I can find it yet. <laughs> okay, I, I can read it. I okay, thanks. Yep. Thirteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. the Bible says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Oh, death, I will be your plagues. Oh, grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. So there's that, oh, right. death, oh, grave. Right, oh, right. Yeah. And and the word that, that he's, he's paraphrasing it, right? And the word that is translated, oh, grave, is Sheol, right, in the Hebrew, and he uses the Greek word Hades. Mm-hmm. So you have you have the cognate there is you know um, Sheol is Hades mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, interestingly enough, he's been speaking about having victory mm-hmm. over Hades, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if Hades is this place of burning, you know, where you know the devil has a pitchfork and he's roasting you forever. Does it make sense that the righteous are coming out of this place and saying, oh, hell, you know, where's your victory over me? Yet these are the righteous who are coming out of the graves, Mm -hmm. you know? So just in that context, like it doesn't, that wouldn't make sense, right? you know? So that cannot be what this word means. Mm -hmm. The the Greek word Hades can, uh, in some contexts in in literature, means this underworld place that Greek philosophers believed in. Mm -hmm. And then it, all can, it also can mean grave, right? But we see that, as you're saying, the parallel with the Hebrew is Sheol was just simply a grave, mm-hmm. simply a pit, simply a place in the ground. Yeah. So here uh, he's saying victory over, over, yeah. over death, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over, over dying. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, to, say, to follow up a little bit on what um, Kelly was saying, you know, um, we, it, the, the importance of words is, is words are necessary because they kind of help us understand what is going on. But even within, as you were saying a little bit ago, even within the context of 
that, that Paul is writing in. People have a different understanding of what hell is or what mm. Hades is. Mm. And so what happens here is that Paul, through scripture, is actually redefining from a biblical perspective or through a biblical worldview what Hades actually is. Mm. And it's the same in, 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 in our day today. You know, we have a different world. The, the world is constantly trying to shape how we are to think, or even the use of words, right? And the use of symbols and the use of uh, icons. And in scripture, we have not only a new definition, but we have the real definition of what it is. Mm. And so when, when Paul describes or defines Hades, he's actually defining it within the Hebrew context of, as, mm -hmm. as um, she already said, Sheol, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's different, in scripture, there's different, in the, in the Old Testament, there's different uh, pictures that emerge when we talk about this word Sheol. And I don't know if that's something that yeah, we want cool. to... Yeah, let's go. I think uh, um, looking at these word pictures in the Old Testament will give us an, an accurate picture of what Paul's talking about. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of those verses there? One of them is in Psalms 115, mm -hmm. verse 17. Psalms 115. Mm -hmm. Yeah, verse, verse 17. Verse 17. And I think what it's describing here is the concept of silence. The Bible says in verse 17, the dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. Yeah. yeah. So the Bible here describes uh, death as as uh, silence. Mm -hmm. And that's it's, it's using that same. And, it, and it's funny because, you know, when we look at scripture and we find these different words, sometimes it's actually the same original word, even though there's different. English translations to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So here, death is described as silence. And going back to our analogy that we used last time, you know, the English has different translations, but you kind of go have to go beyond the user interface and go <laughs> into the the Hebrew coding. The and, then, and then it <laughs> shows you, and it's the same word. And I, you know, in, 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 in all, I'm sure all of you, and maybe all of you guys out there as well, but you, you can have a really great word study and a really good Bible study just looking at the Hebrew. You don't have to understand Hebrew, but look at where that is found. Mm -hmm. And there's all these different English words, but I'm like, oh, this is the, oh, do, 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 and there's a, a new understanding of that, that mm -hmm. concept comes into play. Really good. Okay, uh, Kelly? Yeah, let's go to Job 14. Job 14. So, this is in the midst of Job's suffering. 14. Talking about that. Verse. Yeah, uh, verse 13. 13. 14, 13. Yeah, so Job speaking, says, Oh, that you would hide me in the grave, that you would conceal me until your wrath is past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. Mm. This is when he's, he's talking about how much he suffered. He wants to escape from the suffering. Mm. And it says here that he longs to be hidden in the grave, and the word here is Sheol. Mm. And so it's like, you think your suffering's going to stop? Like, if we were to think that this place is hell, mm -hmm. especially eternally burning hell, that's a place, mm -hmm. why would he be like, oh, that I could go and be there while eternally burn? <laughs> like, that? what? <laughs> no. Right. He, he's, he's thinking of that place as a refuge, not because it's good, but because the suffering stops mm -hmm. and there, there's nothing. There's nothing there. So, like, I can stop thinking. I can stop enduring. I can stop. I, everything just stops. Mm -hmm. And so it shows that this, again, this is not a place of eternal torment. It's a place of like darkness and silence and cessation of. So a lot we're of seeing here from Scripture that eternal torment doesn't exist, right? It it's a Greek philosophy introduced in people that impose upon the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then death is just what well, a temporary pause. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think from Scripture, well, death is silence. silence. Death is yeah. the, the end of. The end of experience or suffering. Mm -hmm. In this case, is the end of, of, of Job's experience in suffering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why he's craving death, mm -hmm. which goes to show that in Scripture and many times throughout history, especially in Christendom, there were people who would rather choose death over life just because it brings an end 
to suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there is some credit though to what you said about it being a pause, mm -hmm. because it is it is the pause for the righteous, right? Of later we will go to heaven, and there is a judgment afterwards. So there's like it is a pause in a sense there too, mm -hmm. but it is like it's it's more than just a pause button on a remote. <laughs> I yeah, guess yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's a lot of things that stop. <laughs> um, so I think just just to clarify that. So in terms yeah. of our thinking and our feeling and and the consciousness is paused, but yeah, because not like we're frozen in space and it's like oh what happened right. and like unfroze, right, right. but it's just like there's a cessation and then like yes Jesus brings us back to life, but I. I don't know. I don't get this like holy speculation about yeah. <laughs> how much yeah, no, we're conscious of our last and there second. And will be a death that is not a pause. That is, yeah. yes, absolutely, yes. Yes. Yeah. right. Because yeah, because yeah, I, I actually the way I understand death is a little bit different uh, from my in my understanding, and that is that death is actually because uh, you know when you actually look at when you actually look at um, scripture, like you go to Isaiah chapter thirty-eight, verse ten, for example. Mm -hmm. Isaiah thirty-eight, 38 ten. Thirty-eight. And when when. Okay. Um, yeah. I could read it. Can you please? Yeah. Thanks. It says, I said, in the prime of my life, I shall go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of the remainder of my years. Yeah. So in this con... Okay, well, well, hold that thought. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Okay. And uh, when we come back, we'll hear the remainder of those years. So stay with us. <laughs> Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 10. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, I said, in the prime of my life, I should go to the gates of Sheol. And Sheol is what we're talking about. And continue, I am deprived of the remainder of my years. Yeah. Israel, I deprived so, you of your, your comment there. Okay, you deprived me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what what is it? the The picture that emerges here of of this is the, these this concept of gates, which is actually mm. like a prison. Mm. And so, death is described in Scripture in the Old Testament. Is described and in the New Testament. Jesus, even the mission of Christ, right? Uh, you know, to to set the captives free, and uh, to you know make the lame walk again, and cause the blind to see, right? So. The, the, when the Bible talks about death, it talks about it as a prison. Mm -hmm. So something that locks you in, that something that, that holds, that grips you, that does not let you go, that has the intent to eternally make you not exist. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have the concept of silence. Uh, we have the concept of the termination of pain or life or whatever. And we also have this picture, which is probably among all of them, the worst picture, which is a prison. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of prison is to lock something in, to lock it up, mm -hmm. to prevent it from, from existing. And, and so as, a, as a precondition, that was, that was eternal, right? Right, yeah. But... Yeah, and then you have, but the gift yeah, of life but. is eternal life, right? So, <laughs> yes. so, so I think when when the the purpose the of death life gives us eternal life, I think that's a that's a big uh, nuance, right? Say it louder for, for someone who may not be understanding this. I'm just trying, yeah. trying to get some clarity here. Sure, yeah. Uh, that that when Jesus and the whole point of of First Corinthians 15 is that Paul says, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 and and that's and I think go, it, and go, go, and the go, go, whole go, point yeah. of that is that it brings <laughs> it brings hope and beauty to that okay. to that text, right? Yes, yes. So yes. The, the the purpose of death is to bring about eternal separation between God and His creation. That's why death exists. Yes. Right. Yes, that's yes. why Satan introduces death. Yes. Is to create about an eternal separation between the God of love and the and the object of His affection. Yes. And so He creates this prison. 
this, the purpose of this prison is to cause an eternal separation. Yes. And that eternal separation would have existed and would have continued throughout eternity yes. had it not been for Jesus himself. Yes. Who is himself the resurrection and the life. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. <laughs> right. Yes. So, and that's, <laughs> and, and, that's what brings, and that's what brings beauty to the text in verse 55. It says, yes. at the end of the day, you have something that is meant, that is intended to bring about an eternal imprisonment. And then at the end, Jesus comes, he rescues. Yes. And then that, you know, classic text, O death then, where is your sting? O Hades or hell or grave or Sheol, where is your victory? And the beauty of here, the beauty of this passage is that Satan cannot hold the dead in his grasp when the Son of God bids them to live, Amen. right? That's the beauty that Christ, when Christ offers life, it's going to be hard. When Christ offers life, all the power that Satan has cannot cause the opposite to happen or anything but that to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the beauty of this passage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, we are studying this. This is not mere, mere theory that we're, we're studying. This is a reality that, that God has painted. That which was eternal has now, is now temporary. Temporary. And you know, I, the the image of of um, of a prison, mm. what it, what it brings to my mind is, you know, when we when we think of a prison and imprisonment, there's something in us that rebels against that. Like we know we're not meant for that. Mm. You know, that's why, you know, you imprison someone as a punishment because there's something within you that rebels against this is not how I'm meant to exist. Yeah. Um, and death is that kind of an experience. Like there's no one who has experience death in the sense of a loved one passing away, seeing death happen in front of you that, that welcomes that experience. Mm -hmm. There's just something in every human that rebels against that thing called death, mm -hmm. um, that recognizes it as an enemy. And so th that, that, that one day the prison doors will be open, the prison doors of death, like that death will no longer, you know, um, take those that we love away from us. Yeah. Uh, that it, the, the, the power that debt seems to have over you know, somebody who is vibrant and one day you're vibrant, you're alive, you're, and the next day gone. And it's just like, how is this, this thing that's death, it just, it feels so wrong. And yeah. it is wrong yeah, yeah, because yeah. God didn't create us for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so powerful that Jesus, Jesus has power over that thing that seems so powerful over us. You know that we have nothing in our in ourselves to overcome, mm -hmm. but Jesus can overcome it, and He's the one who has the keys to that prison cell door um, to amen. release amen, amen. anyone who may be held by death. Amen, amen. Yeah, we know this. We we're in the midst of Bible study here, and you can it's, you can sh it's it's this is this is real stuff. Uh, we are not just here in, uh, studying the Bible and then waxing eloquent, whatnot. This is what reality is 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 this is reality. And uh, the fact that we all, all of you out there, uh, have experienced death in some way, and, and today we all, even Israel, Siku, Kali, myself, we all, we all experience death in different ways. And uh, this isn't just text. This isn't just a, a study for, for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. And here we're looking at the Lord Jesus, who has the ultimate, as Siku said, has the ultimate keys to open this prison, these prison doors that keeps us temporary. Amen for that? It's temporary. Mm -hmm. Um, Kelly, talk, talk to us about these keys. Yeah, well, before that, if I could say one more thing. <laughs> Sorry, if I could dis disobey yeah. you. Yeah, 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 don't worry. Um, and that is, as much as 
you know, we draw comfort from these things in the hardest times of our lives. We don't believe these things because they're comforting. Mm. We don't believe them because we want them to be true. We Very believe good them because point. they are true. Very good point. And that is something that is that is more comforting than whatever we could imagine. Mm -hmm. It's not something we're creating. We're like, well, it'd be nice if this would happen. It'd be nice if Jesus would do this. It'd be nice if Jesus had conquered the grave. We take this comfort because it is found in scripture and because it's true. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we, we think other people or ourselves like, oh, well, it'd be nice. And I'm just, I'm so scared to put my faith in that because it just sounds too good to be true. But Jesus is trustworthy and Jesus has conquered the grave and he does have the keys, which I will now answer your question <laughs> and say where we got that from. Mm -hmm. So two verses, uh, John 14, 19. John 14. is one. This is amidst the very red chapters of the Bible. Ha, ha, ha. John 14, John 14 19. 19. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And this is the key part here. Because I live, you will live also. So there's something about Jesus living that enables us to live also. Mm -hmm. And those that, um, those that we have lost as well. And then it says even more explicitly in Revelation 1. Revelation 1. So Revelation 1, this is a part of, uh, of the initial visions that John sees. And Jesus is speaking. Mm -hmm. John 1 verse 18. 1, 18. Mm -hmm. says, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Mm -hmm. And this is just that verse that supports everything Siku was saying. Uh, there is this prison. There is this thing that we revolt against naturally and we cannot control this, this prison of death, but Jesus has conquered it mm -hmm. and he has, he has the keys. And so nothing can be held there without his, without his permission and nothing can, can revolt against him and say, oh, well, I want to keep Jesus. Like, no, like I literally, I can do anything mm -hmm. and I can, I can bring all these people back. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm catching my breath again here. You're good. Yeah. I mean, you guys know, you guys know the, uh, my history. And so I think a lot of people might not know that I've lost several loved ones. And so these, the topic of death is important to me. Mm -hmm. What I appreciate about this passage of Revelation one of Revelation one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that it talks about, it depicts Jesus. It depicts Jesus in such a powerful way for people who have lost loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I love what yeah. Callie said. It's not an issue just of hope, but what gives us hope is the fact that this is true yeah. and we can depend on it. Mm -hmm. And Jesus himself sets he sets himself as an example. So all we need to do to disprove the fact that Jesus has the power over the grave is to find the bones of Christ in some tomb somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, you, and you can bet your very last dollar that that is what skeptics would seek to do. I mean, yeah. they would invest everything that they had to find. That's all they need to do. It's to disprove scripture because upon the life, death and resurrection of Christ, the entire hope of Christianity is based. Yep. And here it says, Jesus says, I am he who lives in verse 18, was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And because Jesus lived, because he died and because he is alive forevermore, there is hope for the person who dies, even though Satan's intent is for that person to never live again. Mm -hmm. And I love the passage here because it says that Jesus holds the keys to the grave or the keys to death. I love this because it depicts the guarantee that there are keys, that there is an open door to mm -hmm. the grave. Mm -hmm. 
right? It's not something that Jesus not has to break out mm. of. It isn't something that Jesus is going to come and destroy. It isn't something that Jesus is going to come and try to explode, right? We're not going to have to fight. He doesn't have to fight for uh, the resurrection of his loved ones. He instead, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a prison that is intended to hold captives of people that have died, but Jesus has the key to that. And in other words, he is, he owns death. He owns death in the sense that he has conquered it, that it is subject to him, that it is powerless to uh, resist his demand. Mm. And it says Jesus owns death. He has the key to that. And because of that, death is not something hard for Christ to overcome, right? Death for us might seem huge. It might seem significant and something that is uh, that we're unable to surmount. But for Jesus is as easy as unlocking a door. And so he says, behold, I am he who lives, was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. And so he says in Revelation, by the, by the end of the book, he's going to say, this is so certain, this is so true, John, that I want you to write it down. Mm. Because I don't want, I, you know, there's a difference between when I say something and when something's written down. When something's written down, it's on record forever, cannot be erased. And he says, I have so much confidence in my ability to unlock the, 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 uh, the gate of the grave that I want you to write it down because these words, he says, are true and faithful. And so I want to emphasize what he said. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, but more than beautiful, it is true. It's true. And, mm. You know, just to, just to go back to 1 Corinthians 15, mm. um, this, is all, this is Paul's argument, right? Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, uh, verse, verse 14, for instance. 15, 15 14. 15, 1 Corinthians, yeah. Uh, if Christ is not written, is if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is also empty. Mm -hmm. he's, saying, um, he's saying that this doctrine of Jesus having victory over death and therefore having the keys, you know, he has, he has conquered it. Therefore, we can know that death can be conquered because it has been conquered by Jesus. And the one who has conquered it has said, I will give you the victory if you would submit your life to me. Mm -hmm. um, if this is not true, this is the foundation of Christianity. Like then all of Christianity is vain. It's yeah. vain. Yeah. This doctrine about what happens when we die and what is the reality of death and all of this, it is so, it is foundational to the Christian experience as a whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to fully understand it and rightly understand it. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. One minute on the clock, Kelly. <laughs> We've talked about how all of human nature just revolts against death. Mm. And I think that's why there's so many movies about clones and about living forever and just finding this medical thing just to keep going. But at the end of the day, we cannot do that. Mm -hmm. We cannot resurrect ourselves. We cannot resurrect our loved ones. But Jesus can do all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, death, is not, death is not permanent, and death is not more powerful than the one who loves us. And so even though we can still revolt against death and say, this, God did not mean this to happen. This is a very bad thing. We don't have to be afraid, and we don't have to stay in a place of despair because Jesus has conquered the grave. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. And may all of you have experienced uh, loved ones who have died or are in the midst of suffering right now. We want to encourage you to get closer to the firstborn of the dead, who is the resurrection and the life. It's been a powerful episode. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.